This conversation originally aired on Koinonia, which can be heard Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 in Phoenix or online at faithtalk1360.com. You are not alone. I'll be there when you fall. Well, Joe, this has been a pretty big uh, a couple of weeks here as uh, you've kind of been making the rounds, the opportunity to say thank you to different people. Uh, what's it been like for you? Uh, it's, uh, it's been very reflective, hmm. to use that as that term, because... Um, it started off uh, probably within 30 to thirty days to 40 days after the event. Maybe a bit longer. My mind can, uh, can think here. I had an opportunity with uh, Dr. Averitt and the, uh, the Mesa Fire and EMT teams to put together a formal uh, public um, um, uh, publicly thanking the whole team. I can't remember what fire station it was at, Rick. I don't know if you remember what it was, but it was a nice thing. And I wanted to get Banner next in there, but it took us, it took us a long time to do that. Get and everybody I together. Why? Because I'm coming into emergency, I'm going in through ICU, yeah. I have different shifts and different staff, and I'm working with Leslie Durham, um, who's the uh, um, patient relations over at Banner Desert, and uh, it took us about four or five months to be able to get all these people together because it, it, was, it was hard to do. Yeah. But it finally came together, and I think it was for a purpose and for a reason. So she asked me, she says, you realize that this is Heart Health Week, that we've, st- that we've actually scheduled this to happen? I wow. said, no, I didn't realize that. That's cool. So there's that about is. 30 to 35 people, I believe, that were gathered over at Banner Desert. Um, and and she, they asked me a question. said, well, why do you want to do this? I said, two reasons. Number one, I never met a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. I didn't even, they cared for me. Right. And I never met them. And, and uh, I wanted to say thank you. Yeah. You know, the, the, for some of them that went through emergency, I said, do you ever know if anybody survives? We, we don't know. Yeah. You know? That's know. tough. That's tough. All right, let's talk a little bit more about you, Joe. You are a uh, a worship uh, musician. Yes, encouraging worship over at Bridgeway Community Church. Over and uh, Mia Kane, who's on this program frequently, she's a friend of yours, oh, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. I know you, you guys uh, trade uh, barbs on uh, Facebook a lot. Uh, how's this changed, or has it changed, your you know time of worship when you're getting into uh, worship mode with music? Has it has it made a difference? Has it made a change? Uh it has, um, and maybe not necessarily just for worship only, but just overall, um, now that I have this life event to compare to, mm-hmm. as far as a bar goes, it's like I don't have anything to complain about. Yeah. There's there's nothing else. If I bring something else in my life, whether it's, uh, I don't know, I lose my identification, I get a flat tire, something bad happens, it's like, okay, compare that to what happened a year ago. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Got it. Step down. Now, uh there's another thing I remember very distinctly from Facebook is when you got back out on the road mm-hmm. and your wife's reaction to you getting back out on the road. Yeah, she was very nervous. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, my wife's gone through that as well. I had a heart attack in 2001, but my, you know, uh, we knew I had heart condition. This didn't come out of nowhere. But even still, my wife was very, very nervous about every little thing afterwards. I can't even imagine her response had I said, okay, I'm going to go for a jog. Well, um, I think in the very beginning, my first runs were with the group. Uh, I run with uh, Team SlowRunners.com. Uh, I run with them. Um, a wonderful group I've been with for, I think, uh, almost three years now. And so she found some, some, some solace in that, that I was running with somebody. With somebody, right. Um, but eventually I had to go out on my own, in the yeah. mornings especially. 
And so I did put, uh, I use Endomondo as one of my running apps, and I put that on her phone. I'm saying, well, look, just you can follow, follow me, me. <laughs> and you can see where I am. And if I stop too long, you'll, you'll know that maybe something happens. But I kept on going. Uh-huh. And eventually I believe the nervousness went away. Sure. Uh, I still think that she gets a little bit nervous anyway when I'm out there. Some of the uh, people that have commented, and, uh, Doctor, you can probably put in the, the fact that you had been a runner for three-plus years and were otherwise healthy – uh, spoke a lot to your ability to recover. Is that an accurate? I agree. Yeah, it's just that that constant effort of aerobic exercise and the perfusion of all the organs and you know all, all the blood supply that then all the uh, nutrients that that supplies. I th- I think it makes a big difference mm-hmm. in, the, in the overall. And like you said, having wonderful care right there. Oh, yeah. Okay, getting back out on the road. What was it like when you got back out on the road? That first solo run you took. Um, obviously I pulled back a little bit, you know, even though I, I felt good. Um, I was by myself. I started off slow. I think, uh, at that particular time we were living in an apartment, uh, in Ahwatukee as our house was being, uh, built. And there is, uh, there's a little route that I used for at least three months at that particular time. That was exactly four miles. I said, that's it. I'll just use the four miles. Uh-huh. Pretty much smooth for the most part. Not a lot of uphill or anything. And I kept on running that. And, kept, and as a matter of fact, I get my Facebook, um, you know, a year ago reminders of things that I did. And I'm looking at some of those times, and it could show my progression as, yeah. as I had to start over again. Right. Uh, but to, uh, to your comment earlier, um, the recovery was very fast. Um, I was in cardiac rehab for barely two, two and a half weeks. Wow. Um, I was talking to the team that was there at Banner Desert because they came to see me. And because they, they were the last ones I remember, mm-hmm. the whole scheme of things, they were the last ones before I said goodbye and everything yeah. got released. But they said, um, uh, as we're talking about it, uh, I'm on the treadmill, and they have a target heart rate that they want me to achieve. Yeah. So they're talking making measurements. Well, I, I couldn't get there because I was walking, and mm-hmm. I said, if you want me to get there, I'm gonna have to run. So I started running in cardiac rehab. Yeah. And I was running six, seven miles an hour. Heart rate got up there. And then they reached the target, from what I understand, they reached the target heart rate that the doctor had prescribed that they wanted me to get there. She says, well, we need two things. We need to get your heart rate increased by your doctor. We need to cut you loose. Cut wow. Loose. Wow. So two and a half weeks, and I was gone. All right. So that brings us to this week. And one of the particular reasons, we had actually talked about doing this, I don't know, several months ago. Because yes. uh, I just wanted you to tell your story because it can be an encouragement to the audience and also a caution of, you know, you still need to get checked out. There's a reason why the medical profession uh, are experts. Uh, you know, you, they're, they're, you should have uh, full checkups on a regular basis, uh, regardless of how healthily active you are and how well you eat and things of that nature. But we're to this week. Phoenix Marathon is this week. Phoenix Half Marathon and the 10K. I am... Really hoping I get clearance from my doctor to do the 10K because I'm just dying to get back out there and start shedding some of these pounds. And you may have inferred I've got a 1,000-mile challenge. I'm endeavoring to do 1,000 miles this year uh, in training, walk and running. But you guys are going to run together? Yes. Yes, sir. You're going to be out there. Yes. And so you're doing the half? We're doing the half marathon. Doing the half marathon. one miles. And you start at about what time? Uh, 6.30 a.m. 6.30 and, uh, again, you're not going to be pushing the gun at the front, right? No, no. Just out there. You said very clearly, and I want to hear it from you, uh, what's this run about? It's a celebration run. 
for me. Uh, well, for both of us, for everybody, actually, I should say. We have, uh, as I thought about it and going through it, as a matter of fact, um, working with uh, uh, Jamie um, Campbell, who is the uh, race uh, coordinator, the event coordinator for the Phoenix Marathon this year. She's got a little uh, booth set up for us after the finish line. We're going to go see it on Friday so we know where it's at, so we can sit there and meet and greet. Um, I, uh, the Mesa Fire and EMT team, uh, there are going to be some, uh, uh, some uh, participants coming along to, to, to you know, be part of the event. Yeah. Uh, Banner Desert's going to send some people. You know, Rick will be there. Family and friends, people come through. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get some pictures together that we took during that time and have them on display so people can see. You know, That's this is the great. guy who was here last year that uh, they collapsed. Yeah. Back. Rick, what's this like for you getting to uh, do this event as a participant this year uh, with Joe? It's really good. It's it's uh, something that I've stressed about, looking forward to it, because I want to make sure I could stay with them. Um, but, you know, it's really it's changed my life. I did uh, I turned 50 this year and I did the Ironman 70.3 in October. And I thought about him a lot in the 10 days prior to that. Am mm-hmm. I am I ready? And once I got ready for that, then, you know, kind of gets me to a point where I, I'm looking forward to this and I know I can get through this. It's just I, I'm I'm wondering whether I can keep up with this. Yeah. Thing. Well I remember uh very distinctly uh, praying, spending a lot of time just knowing that, you know, where we were the week before. You know, and then this week when we did the relay, you know, the the first exchange where you ran from uh the park just outside of surprise in and down. Remember that road was really rough and it was just turning dark. Dude, that's in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's nobody there. There's nobody at the finish line there. And that, so that time, me rolling up on that exchange. In fact, Mary and I, uh, we pre-drove uh, the route a week ago uh, on the Monday ahead, just so I, you know, kind of know where I was taking the van since I knew I wasn't going to run. But there was a mo- there was a couple of moments there. It's like, you know, such a time as this. I mean, it, you know, sure. God's grace comes in a lot of different ways. Well, that's probably the thing that my wife has thought about, and I've thought about a lot, is that uh, for those that might not know, um, I had blockage. Yeah. Uh, 85, 90, 90% blockage, and I have three stents, and um, that blockage didn't happen overnight. No. I've had it for a long, long time. I had it before I started running. And the opportunities where I could have collapsed like that on a Ragnar event in the middle of the desert, in the dark at night, where nobody was there to take care of me um, and to, to, to render aid to me, is, is that's incredible. That it was reserved. I, 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 I believe in all my heart, with all my heart, that the, the series of events that led up to what happened for the Phoenix Marathon, uh, for Dr. Averett and his team, and all those that cared for me along the way uh, was destined yeah. to happen exactly that way. Because if it happened another way, I wouldn't be here. And I uh, am a big believer, the Bible says, the power of our testimony. Mm-hmm. And there is one thing that's irrefutable uh, in our faith walk, and that is our testimony, mm-hmm. the story that God gives us to tell, mm-hmm. right? And Amen. this is a pretty powerful one. Yeah, it is. It is. I think about it all the time. I'm, you know, even as, is it, even as I'm sitting here talking to you, and it's been a year, um, and, and, I, and I consider some of the questions that were uh, asked of us as we we're going through the interview of some of the stuff that I think was shown on TV because they ask a lot of stuff. But it's, um, uh, it's thought-provoking and reflective. And 
two things, um, at least from a standpoint of, you know, Lord, what is it that you're, why did you interrupt my life? Mm-hmm. That's number one. And the, number two is that, well, maybe it's not necessarily for you more, it is for the people that actually whose life was interrupted because of that. Yeah. It went right here. That's, amen. Well, and, and can I say something? Please. It's just, it's kind of bizarre. I have these kinds of conversations with scientists and, and physicians. It doesn't really, you got to believe something. You got to believe in something spiritually. And the reason I say that is because when you, I've seen it both ways. I've seen someone like you that has no life in them come back. And I've been sitting with someone having a conversation like we are and seen him just go away. and to, So from, from that perspective, I don't see how physicians, people that observe life and death, can think that there's emptiness out there. So when I bump into the folks that just believe in nothing and they witness that, it's always a surprise to me. Uh-huh. You know, philosophically, I never get into the debates about, you know, what God they believe in, but how do you witness things like that and believe that there's nothing? Right. So... Whatever that's worth. Well, and I, uh, I talk about you know we talk about miracles uh, of healing, just you know the snap of the finger type thing. I'll be honest with you. I think it's a more, much more incredible miracle what has happened to Joe. And, and, and here's oh, yeah. here's my reasoning. How many thousands of hours went into education, training, and expertise garnering? for all the people that were involved in saving his life. I mean, how many different tendrils had to be for such a time as this? And how many years back did all of those start to be there at that point in time? Just kind of what you were saying earlier about when there's a lot of other options, a lot of other times, but the true miracle is in bringing all these people of free will, all this knowledge all of this action to this point in time at the end, at the finish line of the Phoenix Marathon a year ago. Exactly right. To save this guy's life. Yeah. That's. So he can go and kind of spread his word. Too. And be an advocate for all of this. Yes, yes, yes exactly. I, I, You've touched others, a lot of lives, man. Oh. I don't know if you know that. I, but. I know. I've been told that, and, and, I, and I think it continues to happen as I consider what happened even at Banner. This, this conversation today is going gonna, is gonna to speak to somebody. Um, I could have collapsed at mile 10. Yeah. At mile 7. Well, I don't remember anything past mile 7. But I could have collapsed, and I'm thinking, I don't know. If, I, I, I probably wouldn't have made it. Or I could have made it past the finish line and gone to my car and started, and I could have collapsed. Right. I, I, I look at all the opportunities where... If it wasn't for the grace of God, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. yeah, we've had those debates in the office, everybody that was there. Like, if you would have collapsed at mile 12 or mile 11, I don't think we would have been able to physically get you to care Probably. quickly enough. Because it's too close to the finish line. Yeah. You know, take an ambulance in there. Wow. Guys, thank you for being in here. Oh, good have it's a good, good run this you. weekend. Blessings. Thank if you, you want to see, uh, you can go to the Phoenix uh, marathon website, yes. and uh, Joe's story is highlighted there. But uh, I'm just honored that uh, you gentlemen came in and spent some time with us here on Coin and Ian. Thank you for having us. For questions or comments, please email Tom at faithtalk1360.com. That's Tom at faithtalk1360.com.